This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. For more audiobooks and other content, please visit reconstructionistradio.com. Book title: Church Shift. Author: Sunday Adelijah. Published by Charisma House. Copyright: 2008. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 12: The Orange Revolution. Our bold march on City Hall in the spring of 2004 gave our church a major victory in the face of potential danger. Before that time, our church was not permitted to own land. Now the government gave us a large piece of property right in the city. It didn't cost us a dime. Standing up to the authorities became another step on our journey that would transform our nation. But in a breathtakingly short time, God went much further and used our example to start a political revolution that changed Ukraine's government. Rumblings of Discontent In November 2004, six months after our march, Ukraine held presidential elections. Unlike in the United States and other Western countries, where elections are mostly transparent, fair, and democratic, Ukraine's elections were still a murky business. The candidate of the established Moscow-backed government represented the old, heavy-handed, and corrupt way of doing things. His opponent was Viktor Yushchenko, who represented democracy and a more open, servant-hearted leadership. The election was very close, and a runoff was held between the established candidate and the challenger, Yushchenko. When the votes were counted, it became clear that Yushchenko had won. But the current government leaders were rigging the vote count to keep themselves in office. This did not surprise anyone. It was common for sitting governments to steal elections in our part of the world. But this time, the political and socioeconomic atmosphere of Ukraine was as explosive as a tinderbox. People had tired of corruption and chaos in their leaders. Bureaucracy and a deficient executive had led many people to absolute poverty. Social problems had worsened to the point of crisis. Street children, drug addiction, alcoholism, crime, prostitution, and AIDS were ravaging the country, but not being addressed. The Ukrainian people, many living on the edge of poverty, spent their lives working for the benefit of a small group of people who were in power. The corrupt system gave ordinary citizens no legal recourse. Minimum wages were barely enough to keep people from starving. Ludicrously low pensions humiliated the elderly people who had worked all their lives for the country. Young people saw no future for themselves. This contrasted with the millions of dollars of the so-called new Ukrainians who considered themselves the elite of society, but who were taking the wealth of the country for themselves through corruption and unjust laws. So when the government tried to rig the election, people quickly realized they were being ripped off. But this time they took action. For decades, our country had been frozen solid, paralyzed, and afraid. The communist mindset still ruled. But our church's march on City Hall, which was widely reported and criticized in the major media, had had a strong positive effect as well. It had warmed up the spiritual climate in the whole country. People saw that if you wanted things to change, you must stand up for your rights. You must demonstrate the justness of your cause. The country has seen us call for righteousness and openness in our leaders, and instead of being greeted by bullets and tanks, the leaders gave us what we asked for. Our actions helped to clear the fear from people's minds. Boldness came to everyday Ukrainians. They began to dream of freedom. 
They developed a willingness to fight for their rights. They saw that the government is to serve the people, not hold them captive like cattle. As the newspapers and television reported that the established candidate had won, the nation shook off its paralysis. People spontaneously took to the streets and gathered in Independence Square, the main city square in Kiev. Hundreds of thousands of citizens left their jobs and homes to stand up for what was right. There were many Moseses in Ukraine. They rose up to guide the future of their nation. People from our church went out by the thousands to stand with the country to defend the integrity of the elections. Soon, half a million people crowded into Independence Square. We adopted orange as our symbol of protest. It was a symbol of spring, new beginnings, and new brightness in the heart of Ukraine. Even though we were met by soldiers with guns, we were convinced of the justness of our cause. Foretold by God As a church, we had been expecting some sort of major social change for more than a year. I had prophesied several times that God was about to do something great in Ukraine. In March 2003, I said publicly, God is opening the heaven over Ukraine. The nation, which was humiliated, will start rising again. Thus says the Lord, Hitherto were you abased, but now, by my sovereignty, will I start lifting you up. I tell every humiliated one now, start moving boldly, start moving firmly, start moving bravely, because your God will go in advance of you. Leading up to the election, our church fasted and prayed for months for a good outcome. This tradition of relying on fasting and prayer went back to 1997, when we began holding two yearly fasts, plus monthly three-day fasts, during which we interceded for our country. The summer fast of that very year, 2004, was dedicated to the presidential elections to come. We had prepared well in prayer. During the revolution itself, 4,000 of our members prayed and fasted for the potentially violent standoff to be resolved. In March 2004, God had confirmed that he was about to do something in our country by sending another prophecy. On that day, I said these words. Soon the whole Ukraine will be celebrating because the Spirit of God will take over all the spheres of society and will triumph over every iniquity, lawlessness, and sin. God will subdue every name under the heavens and will manifest his omnipresent glory in this country. He will shake the top and the bottom. He will shake the economy and the polity. He will shake the country until every knee bows before him. God will visit Ukraine, and it will be an appearance of his glory and grace. It will be a sovereign act of God. It will not depend on a person or a particular church. God himself will visit this country. He will raise up Ukraine. God will visit Ukraine, and nobody can stand in the way to prevent it from happening. No man can prevent it. The devil can't prevent it. God has decided to move, and he will move. God will start raising ministers in all spheres of society. Politicians will start preaching. Businessmen and bankers will serve God. The celebrities will worship him. I prophesy this with the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Ukraine will change. It doesn't matter how much time will pass, it will take place. Our children and grandchildren will walk the streets safely because God's protection will be this country's covering. Ukraine will be shaken up by the power of God. This country will find out that God is real and He is in the people business. 
Everybody will know that God is the master of this earth, and you can't mess around with him. He doesn't want to tolerate sin and lawlessness in this land. God will reveal himself so that his truth reigns. People will start to change and reconsider their standings. Many will see that only with God, who is alive today, the future is possible. Ukraine will be filled with the evangelical movement, the movement of transformation, bringing many to repentance. People will turn to God even without preaching the gospel and will be hungry to know him. Everyone living in Ukraine will get to know about God's supremacy. God has already made the decision to visit this country. God himself will touch people's hearts and they will bow down before him and turn to him in prayer. Believers of all denominations and confessions will begin each day with a corporate prayer. God's mighty hand will be seen in this. God is looking for individuals whom he can trust, who will lead the people. God is looking for someone to reveal his glory through. We, as Christians, have the privilege before the people of the world to boast of the name of the Lord, to rejoice and be proud and celebrate that we are fortunate to be chosen by him. You will be the witnesses of these events, and you will remember my words. You will be the history makers because God is opening the heavens over Ukraine. God will start raising the oppressed and humiliated by his sovereign will. He himself would go before them. God will do incredible things through these people, things they haven't even dreamt of. People who thought that they weren't chosen will appear among those chosen. God will raise many a Moses in the social, political, spiritual, scientific, and artistic spheres. He will raise people who will be able to resist the present-time pharaohs by the power of the living God. Nobody will be able to oppose God's chosen people, because no power can stop or overthrow God's power in this country. Ukraine will know that there is one God and master of the earth, Jesus Christ. This prophecy prepared my heart and the hearts of many others for what was to come. When it did come, we welcomed it and threw ourselves into support of our country. Revolution In that glorious winter of 2004, hundreds of thousands of us gathered in Independence Square to protest the unfair results of the presidential election. It was the most wonderful revolution any country had ever seen. Not a drop of blood would be shed. There were no angry mobs fomenting revenge. There were no would-be Lenins or Mavericks shouting through megaphones. Rather, the people were singing, dancing, laughing, and handing out flowers to the police guards. Huge crowds in the square chanted, Yushchensko, and we are for a fair vote. They openly disputed the falsification of the vote count, accused the officials of breaking election laws, and demanded that the government resign and nullify the results of the Central Election Committee which had stolen the victory from Yushchenko. People stayed in Independence Square day and night, playing music, giving speeches, chanting uplifting slogans, waving giant orange flags and flags of Ukraine, and holding up big banners and colorful balloons. At night, the square was alight with candles. Patriotism and pride in our nation swelled in every heart. People dyed their hair and their beards orange to show their support of our orange revolution. What was happening in the streets of Kiev may have appeared strange to some, but it was familiar to people who attended our church and other Protestant churches. There was freedom, joy, love, dancing, music, and celebration of righteousness. Nobody was violent. It was perhaps the most joyful revolution in modern times. 
the government was so amazed by what was happening that they accused our church of hypnotizing the country and making everyone unreasonably happy. They thought we used black magic because the mood of the protesters was just like what government spies had seen in our church. They thought we had orchestrated this massive protest, but it was the Holy Spirit who had done it. We were just trying to keep up with his work. People from our church took an active role in sustaining the revolution in many ways. They donated food, warm clothing, and tents to the thousands of demonstrators camped in Kiev's freezing Independence Square. Our church erected a tent chapel in Independence Square and offered shelter to thousands of people who were protesting. Some people slept there. Others received medication, warm clothing, and food. Pastors, leaders, and church members were on round-the-clock duty in the tent. Thirty of our church members cooked hot meals to feed the protesters in the square. Some of our members served in Yushchenko's campaign. But above all, people needed spiritual food during that turbulent time. The Embassy of God had published a newspaper outlining God's principles for the national transformation of Ukraine, according to Kingdom Principles. During the revolution, more than half a million copies were handed out to Ukrainians, fueling their hunger for spiritual awakening that went beyond political revolution. A special spirit reigned in the capital of Ukraine during those days. The Spirit of God filled people's hearts with mercy and compassion for their neighbors. Kivites shared everything they had with those who came to the capital. People took shifts to be in the square. They hosted total strangers in their homes and took care of the inhabitants of the tent city that had spontaneously sprung up in Krishatik, a street that crosses Independence Square. I stayed often with the people of Ukraine in Independence Square. During those days, more than 10,000 members of our church held two meetings on the central streets of the city. They prayed for Ukraine and its future, for the peaceful settlement of the conflict, and for the healing and unity of the eastern and western regions of the country. Then, for the very first time in history of Ukraine, representatives from different Christian denominations, Orthodox, Catholic, and Protestant, gathered in the square to pray every morning for the settlement of the situation in Ukraine and for the triumph of justice in the land. The events of those days brought a spiritual unity our country had never seen in its history. In spite of the alarming news emanating from the government headquarters, the people in the square were constantly filled with an inexplicable joy. The nation could not be overcome by evil anymore. For God had come to our land. It was his hand that restrained the army and military forces and kept the protests peaceful. At one point, young girls brought flowers to the thousands of soldiers and special police divisions, forming the shield walls against the protest. These men were prepared to fire on command, but these girls approached them without any fear. They glowed with God's love and human dignity as they gave them the flowers. It was breathtaking. God himself was moving on the hearts of the Ukrainian people. It was not just an orange revolution, but a spiritual revolution. We were not just standing against an unfair vote count, but against evil and wickedness in all positions of power and all spheres of society. In the square, as we waited for the government to respond to our demands, we chanted, God is with us and nothing can overcome us. After two weeks, the revolution achieved its victory. The events in Independence Square finished peacefully. The results of the rigged vote count were nullified, and the challenger, Yushchenko, was declared the victor. The world joined with us by television in our joyous celebration. 
The police and military forces never fired a shot. Now they smiled and received hot tea from the girls who had previously brought them flowers. It reminded me of the verse in Proverbs that says, quote, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. End quote. Proverbs 16, 7. On that day I told the people, Our church is not separate from the nation. The church is with its nation. We are not standing aside and remaining aloof. Thousands of members are here today and many thousands of believers from other churches. This is the triumph not only of the revolution, but of freedom and the rights of man. New Beginning After the revolution, Ukraine entered a new era. The change in the mindset of the people completely changed the political atmosphere in the country. In January 2005, President Yushchenko amazed the nation by starting his first day in office with public prayer. He and his wife and children bowed their knees before an altar. Gathered with them were representatives of all the Christian denominations, including Protestant churches that were once considered cults in Ukrainian society. Now they stood together, blessing the president on his first day in office. After his victory, Yashenshko thanked us with a plaque of appreciation, saying, Your conscientious work has become a considerable part in that victory. It was you who protected democracy in Ukraine, standing for its high ideals, not considering your own interests. I am convinced that as long as there are people in Ukraine who have the same civil position, dignity, and spirit as you have, everything will be all right in this country. This plaque hangs in my office to this day. Suddenly, the political dialogue of our country changed. Politicians were speaking in spiritual terms about the health and unity of our country and the role of God in our nation. In an interview in 2005, Yushchenko himself told the nation that, quote, the lack of spiritual unity in Ukraine over the last 10 to 14 years is influencing every aspect of life, especially politically. I'm convinced that if we would have had more spiritual politicians, many of the things you heard about over the last months would have been stopped by the faith of those politicians, end quote. A member of the parliament told the media in a 2004 press conference, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing good can happen in Ukraine if a strong Christian movement doesn't come and establish its principles in society. Without Christian principles, we can't manage to build something good. Yushchenko's inauguration was a day of celebration for us all. In his speech, he told the nation, Today, Ukraine is free and independent. We have shrugged off the heavy load of the past. No longer will someone tell us how we should live and for whom we should vote. We shouted a hearty amen to that. He then declared the beginning of a new life in the country, a life without corruption, crime, deceit, and indignation. His inauguration turned into a magnificent event that filled Independence Square with the outpouring of God's love, joy, and feeling of triumph of his principles in the land. Yushchenko expressed abundant thanks to God. During his first months in office, Christians were delighted with Yushchenko's unprecedented stand against corruption. He appointed many sincere Christian believers to be his ministers, including the Minister of Culture, the head of National Security of Ukraine, and others. A woman named Julia Timoshenko became the new Prime Minister of Ukraine. She is a woman of outspoken faith, and because of her influence, God's principles have permeated many government programs. 
She is dedicated to the spiritual development of the Ukrainian nation, especially the new generation. In a 2005 inaugural speech for the Cabinet of Ministers, she told a gathering of our country's leaders, It is not God who needs our faith, but individuals and society that need it. I am absolutely certain that Ukraine will never rise up until she kneels before God. But the old government leaders were not ready to give up that easily. They argued before the Supreme Court in January 2005 to try to have Yushchenko removed and their Moscow-supported candidate declared president. They singled out our church for particular blame. Quote, An undeniable fact is that they used psychological methods and led massive groups of people into states of trance and superficial hypnosis, like the Embassy of God sect does, for example, end quote. The government's lawyers told the justices according to the official record. By the way, the Embassy of God was, in the square, supporting the presidential candidate, Viktor Yushchenko. Also, we can't ignore the conclusion of the mayor of Kiev made during the meeting where he considered that, unfortunately, all the residents of Ukraine at Independence Square were hypnotized, end quote. These lawyers even showed the justices a copy of our church newspaper. But the hearing ended with their defeat. The Supreme Court upheld Yushchenko's victory, and the last gasps of the Soviet-style power grab were snuffed out. The Fruits of Freedom Ukraine today is a country blessed by God. The Lord trusted us to be participants in great historical events. We lived the Bible verse that says, quote, Remove the wicked from the king's presence, and his throne will be established through righteousness. End quote. Proverbs 25, 5. Our land, which was in darkness for 70 years, took the side of truth and is now experiencing God's blessing. The people of Ukraine see a great future. The newly elected government has an enormous amount of trust among the citizens. We are convinced that the government will help to lead the country to prosperity by applying God's principles. But even better than a changed government are the changed hearts of the people. The Ukrainian people have tasted the fruits of freedom and will not allow anyone to deprive us of it anymore. Spiritual revival has stirred in all spheres of the country, among everyone from ordinary citizens to the highest government leaders. People see no place for wickedness, corruption, bribery, or theft. Followers of God are taking key positions in the government. The oligarchical claims that once controlled the country's wealth and property through under-the-table deals have been smashed. But we also have seen firsthand that in times of spiritual and social revival, divine justice still operates. God's punishment comes to everyone who does evil things, and sometimes it comes quickly. The Bible says, quote, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. End quote. Hebrews 10.31 For example, on December 3, 2004, the president of the Credit Bank of Ukraine, a financier for the old government, died under mysterious conditions. On December 27, 2004, the Minister of Transport and Communications of the old regime suddenly died. On March 5, 2005, the former Minister of Internal Affairs died in a mysterious suicide. Nobody can say for certain that God's hand was in these events, but the timing seemed to indicate that the old order had passed. On the other side, God was lifting up believers into positions of prominence. In parliamentary elections, a member of the Embassy of God was elected mayor of Kiev, and his party won 20% of the city parliament seats. 
This mayor rose to prominence thanks in part to his coordination of our church's food distribution program in Kiev's poor neighborhoods. Ukraine is 75% Orthodox Christian, and Kiev is proud to be the motherland of the Russian Orthodox Church. Yet the growing influence of the Protestant churches can no more be denied. In this last election, more than 1,000 believers ran for various posts all over the country. They are now bringing the values and standards of the kingdom to their political offices. Thanks to these Moseses, God's principles have come to the highest levels of society. Today, the spiritual climate of Ukraine is being revived. Churches and cathedrals are being restored. God is bringing Ukraine back to its former glory. Our country has much to share with the world, for God has blessed us with abundant natural and spiritual resources. For a long time, the wealth belonged to the oligarchs who did ungodly things and cared only for their own interests. Now the wealth is available to all the people through diligence and hard work. Ours is a land chosen by God for this moment in history. In the very beginning of Christianity, history tells us that the Apostle Andrew ministered in the land where Kiev is situated today and prophesied that God would show special favor to the people of Ukraine and would raise up many churches in this country. I believe we are living the fulfillment of that prophecy. There are still many battles to fight. Recently, the BBC visited us and ran a news story about our church that aired around the world. It was a positive report, but a Russian Orthodox priest was quoted on camera saying about us, The followers become like zombies. They are fully devoted to the leader of the organization. They are ready to fulfill any of his desires. He is exactly right that our people are fully devoted to their leader, but the leader is not me, it's Jesus. What is happening in Ukraine is God-inspired, but it need not be unique. God has ordained similar revolutions for each nation and each individual. The Lord wants every person to find a promised land and learn to rule it by kingdom principles. The world is waiting desperately for us to do so. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 12 Number 1. When you are obedient to God's guidance, He can literally shake the foundations of your nation. Number 2. When the church takes a strong, visible stance in society, godly people will more easily rise to positions of influence and power. Number 3. God may have a bigger change in mind for your sphere of influence than you currently realize.